0: Welcome to Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Start each week fresh with sound financial advice. Grab your coffee and maybe a pen. It's time to kick off
1: your week with Matt. Hey everybody, welcome to Mondays with Matt. Thanks so much for tuning into the program. We appreciate you as you listen to our podcast here with Matt Starkey. What's going on, buddy? How are you?
0: Hi, Mark. I'm doing really well today. Uh, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty good, hanging in there. How is the Michigan weather treating you? Oh my goodness, it's pretty
0: crazy. Um, we've, we've gone from warm to snow and, and then uh, back to warm. And now um, everybody I know is getting sick, including my own office staff here. So uh, we're just praying that all this this sickness, go. it's going around big time around the nation. Of course, we got the coronavirus in China. But, right. <laughs> but, I, but I don't have any of that, so I'm feeling great. And uh, hopefully you are too, as you're listening to this podcast whether you're recovering or you didn't get sick, you know, we just uh, wish you all the best.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. It's interesting too because I was just doing a show with someone yesterday in the New Jersey area and they were saying that, you know, the kids came down with a little something so they went to Walgreens to pick up some stuff and of course, They're sold out of all the face masks and things of that nature because people are overreacting a bit, you know, here in the States and buying up on because they're worried about the coronavirus as you kind of brought up there. Uh, So, yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. It's like sometimes folks take, you know, we don't want to make light of it, but at the same time take a step back and realize that the common flu that goes around the country every year kills way more people so far than the coronavirus has. So, you know, don't necessarily jump off the deep end, I guess, with the media hype, right? Don't panic, yeah, it's not totally fake news, no, 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 it's definitely real, <laughs> but, My, but yeah, be uh, yeah, beware
0: yeah. um use your use your head, wash your hands a lot, you, yeah, know, yeah. um be smart about making contact out in the public places and exactly definitely take that hand sanitizer with you,
1: yeah. Yeah, just common sense. You know, no, it's definitely real. My wife, actually, I think I mentioned before on the show, actually, her, uh, her territory, part of her place where she goes on a regular basis is to China for her company now. She hasn't been there since November, luckily, and she usually doesn't travel there through the, hot, the winter months, and she usually goes in the spring. They've, of course, canceled all travel. But yeah, no, it's definitely a very real thing. But I think sometimes we tend to, you know, see stuff on the news and we and we've talked about that many times on the show. We overreact to it. And actually, that's going to be our main topic this week is just kind of emotions in financial planning and how to, you know, kind of handle our emotions. But before we get into that, I kind of wanted to ask you something that kind of ties into that, Matt. And that is uh, the news uh, that's uh, been going around for a while now about this former I guess now he's the former CEO of Wells Fargo who's been barred from the banking industry uh and has to pay some fines of around 18 million dollars or so basically because i guess his directive or whatever was telling the basically the, the banks to create fake accounts to meet their sales quotas
0: yes i uh i'm familiar with that story in fact um i feel very strongly where it's interesting we're talking about emotions today because yeah. uh this is one of the the things that i just cannot seem to wrap my head around why, why the Securities and Exchange Commission in the banking industry doesn't come down harder on organizations that are guilty of fraud. They know it. They've come out to the public. And this was huge. I mean, you had thousands of customers that um, had an account created in their name using their social security number and date of birth and and all that private information that they give you, trusting that you're going to do what's in their best interest with that information. And just to pad their pockets and meet sales quotas for the salespeople, I think Wells Fargo should have been banned from the industry, not just uh, individuals who cooked it up. But when you put that stuff out to your salespeople, who doesn't have a moral compass and who doesn't know that that's unethical? but i was you know i was in that same type of situation when i first got in the investment business to some degree i'm not saying it was illegal but um we had we had sales quotas that we had to meet and we had to sell things and um i left tried to put my head on the pillow one night with a really bad feeling that you know i i had to get x amount of quota in for the broker and um i knew that people could buy a little less expensive model and but you know you justify it with the the options and features that that what you sold them had, and uh, so I guess everybody in in maybe uh, one capacity or another has to deal with that kind of a uh, situation. But I'm thankful that this guy got barred because when you toy around with per- a person's finances, um, that can ruin them forever. Um, we saw that with Madoff too, and sure, the yeah. damage and destruction that that did to people's entire lives. You know, not just their portfolio; it was their whole life was now ruined
1: no so. and i i think that's a good point and it's you know yeah it does seem strange and and uh I've definitely talked with a lot of people and I've heard a lot of different advisors through the years where they started off in some of those kinds of places and you're young and you're getting into uh, whatever field it is. And then at some point you realize, you know, this, is, this isn't this is for me. And I think that's where a lot of guys like yourself have transitioned to, you know, your own practice so that you are handling things the right way and also uh, and able to work with the emotions that because, you know, you want to feel good about the job you're doing just as, you know, you the clients want to feel good about the job you're doing and the mutual respect back and forth. And so uh, I thought thought that was a nice interesting way to tie this in because I wanted to get your take on that because so many people obviously affected by the Wells Fargo thing and we'll see how that continues to play out but we'll transition and hit our main topic and that is how to account for emotions in our financial plan you know you see this every day when you're working with people and I think we all like to think we make Good decisions based on logic and facts, and we probably do a certain percentage of the time, but the truth is that we can't really get away from the emotions because we're emotional creatures, humans are. So what type of emotions do you typically find, Matt, that drive the financial decisions that you're seeing? Is it usually the big two, the fear and greed?
0: It's a lot of that. Yes, it is. When I see people, um, it's for a variety of reasons, but when I get people that come and and sit down with with us um, initially in that first meeting, when we first get to know you, I ask them, what are your number one or number two major things that if I could just sprinkle magic dust on your situation, that those things would be all taken care of, meaning that we would just completely eliminate these from your life. And when I ask that question, um, I find that Pretty successfully, people answer that, then that's the number one or two things that's going through their mind, causing them distress, and they need to get it solved because it is tied to their emotions. So, one of them might just be I need a number. I need to know that I'm okay for retirement and that I'm doing the right thing. Other people, um, you know, they can't sleep at night for different reasons. But some of the emotions that we see are, you know, we see anger when I talk with couples. Sometimes, <laughs> In relationships, people tend to discount their spouse or their partner's uh, opinion about things. Probably neither one of them took a finance class, and uh, but they're trying to manage life together. And so a lot of times we see some disagreement which can tend to lead to anger. Um, um, I see couples with great mutual respect and usually that's because one of them's allowing the other one to lead. And um, I think that's tremendous, uh, that adds a lot of peace to a situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we see everything. Um, I, see, I see happy tears in my office. Um, people that reach goals that never thought they were achievable, and um, working with them over time, we watch their investments grow and grow and grow. And you know, I love it. I, I just love finding solutions for people. But I really, I really love to say, "Hey, you're going to be okay. We've done the calculation, and even in a bad market, you're going to be just fine. You've done a good job planning." And uh, so those are happy times for me emotionally and for the client. But, um, you know, we also see a little bit of pain. I mean, when when someone loses a friend or a spouse, that brings some tears to the to yeah. the, the meeting as well. So yeah. I I deal with all a whole range of emotions. So I'm very used to that. People apologize to me sometimes for getting emotional, and I say, don't worry about it. <laughs> it happens all the time.
1: <laughs> well, what are some of the mistakes that we tend to fall into uh, when it comes to emotional decision making? You know, a lot of times you probably just think the market would be one. Right? You go, oh, I need to jump in on this because I don't want to miss out. Well, that's that greed side, you know. But what are some of the mistakes that you typically see?
0: Oh boy, <laughs> this is a wide open topic. But, um, well, get one or two. Yeah. So, one, some of the mistakes that are common, and I guess I'll, I'll talk about a big one because not a lot of people talk about it. But I've seen multiple times of, of people experiencing a divorce. And, okay. um, right. not necessarily, you know, it takes two people, as they say, to get married um, and stay married, but it, but it only takes one to leave. And so, what I've seen in, in my experiences is that some emotional decision, like leaving that spouse or, that tends to be something that needs to be run by on many different levels because it affects our investments it, it affects taxable money it affects our non-taxable or our tax as you go money and also our tax free retirement you know if you're utilizing that strategy but what happens with a lot of people is when you're working together with a married couple things tend to be better naturally uh, if you work with somebody with two incomes they're able to save and invest more because they have more disposable income. And then when you make an emotional decision like a divorce um, due to whatever the case is, it really impacts your finances in a lot of ways. Usually your expenses don't go down. They tend to go up simply because you're breaking apart two people now and you have two sets of house payments, two sets of taxes. You know, If there's child support, if there's custody issues, expenses a lot of times tend to go up or they appear to go up because... Now you're living in two households, not just one. And so there's that. Then you have to potentially split assets. So now we're looking at maybe you have to pay off some debts and you you need to take money out of retirement accounts. Um, Now there's penalties involved, taxes on some of those things. So be very careful if you're in that boat or if you've been through that. Naturally, you probably can identify with a couple of those things, but it tends to be very expensive if you make an emotional only based decision. So we want to use logic if you're going through that situation or even thinking about that situation, definitely come and see your financial advisor, see us. We'll, we'll walk you through it step-by-step and what kind of things you need to watch out for. Red flag issues. Life is hard, but, um, it's hard together. It's hard to be alone as well. So, um, we walk through that, but that's a really good example of emotion-based decision-making sometimes leading to a mistake. And I've, I've talked to at least two people that have gone through that and they said, you know, I've Had it all had to do it all over again, I would have just stayed married. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah no i mean it's definitely it can and i appreciate you bringing that up because it doesn't get brought up enough as you know a lot of our listeners may know i i host a lot of different shows a podcasts across the country and it's like that's a topic that doesn't get brought up enough and it's unfortunate because a lot of times i think we think well the listening audience is retirees or pre-retirees and hopefully folks are you know they've made it this far and they're going to stick together but i had a story with a gentleman about a year ago now he said he couldn't believe but he had a couple come in and they were asking for separate retirement plans uh, and they were working together with him and he, they, he was like I'm, uh, help me understand why you both want a retirement plan because they were married and they said, "Well, we're getting a divorce," and they were in their seventies. Uh, but they <laughs> wow, yeah, but they they were fine. They were comfortable. They didn't want to make any mistakes, and he, they wanted you know one person to help them each with their individual retirement plans. But they just decided they couldn't you know finish out their remain. And they had been married, I guess, something like fifty something years. And I just thought, wow. But I guess every, you just never know. Everybody's situation is different, right?
0: It's always different. Yeah, just in an appointment uh, recently with with this similar scenario. You know, over. 40 years married and they both had an income and both had social security. So, uh you know but uh, it was a surprise to one so
1: yeah, yeah yep. no this one wasn't a surprise apparently so at least that was a nice part but yeah well
0: that's good that they're planning <laughs> yeah th-
1: exactly that's kind of the point so you know we know emotions are going to factor into things uh, definitely having the conversation with your advisor uh, or a advisor is certainly a good idea and uh, one more on this topic and then we'll, we'll hit to an email but uh, are there some times Matt when it is appropriate to try to factor this in or is it appropriate all the time it's just about how much you allow it To affect it, maybe that's a better way of looking at it.
0: Yes, Mark, that's a good, the great question. Actually, I, you know, there's something that I call the sleep factor. And um, if you're sweating at night, (laughs) thinking about your finances, it gets very emotional real quick. We tend to worry about things that we don't always have to. So, I, keeping that in mind, um, I like to work with people, but I like to get them to the point of decision to say, "Hey, if you know comes hell or high water, and I'm, and I open my statement in the next." three to six months, and I see a a loss of 10%, is that going to cause me to lose sleep and and change my investing strategy? Or if I lose 20% or 30%. You really have to put your emotions at bay if you're invested in the stock market. Number one is we need to know that time horizon. We need to definitely um, say, when am I going to need money and how much will I need? So having a good emergency fund is crucial. And then if you're taking income, a lot of times what I've mentioned this before in podcasts, we'll set aside so many months of income where it's just safe and secure in cash. And then you wanna make sure that these emotions all do play a part to answer your question. And And it is very important to address the emotion upfront, at least for me. As a client, you may not even be thinking about what your emotions are gonna be in three months or a year, but I hear it a lot. And um, I know typical triggers for clients And uh, so what we try to do is we like like to factor those things in advance, build a strategy around that so that, like I say, when the market falls, you're not experiencing pain at that time because you don't have any money that you absolutely need or have to pull out. So factoring that into the planning gives you an emotional high because number one, you know, in the next 12 months, I'm not going to have any major hiccups or bumps and um later on down the road my assets should be growing they're going to they're going to grow through those good times but they're also going to suffer those corrections and your portfolio is built to uh, endure that
1: well i think that's a good point i think that's a great way to kind of transition on into our email question for this week but yeah emotions definitely are going to factor into so many things that we do and clearly it's going to factor into money because Money makes us all emotional, so definitely no way to get around that. So certainly make sure that you're having conversations with your advisor uh, about these topics, about you know how. How they're making you feel, how that's affecting you, uh, some of the things we discussed today. And of course, as always, if you have some questions or you need some help before you take any action, always consult with uh, a financial professional like Matt Starkey. He's an investment advisory representative and president and owner, of course, at Great Lakes Retirement Solutions. You can call him at 989-401-2949. That's 989-401-2949. Maybe you got this uh, podcast through an email or newsletter or, or whatever the case might be. You can subscribe to that as well, if you'd like, at GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com slash podcast. That's GreatLakesRetirementSolutions.com slash podcast. All right, we're going to finish off with an email question this week for you, Matt, on Mondays with Matt. And um, this one, actually, yeah, I was sorting through them. This one kind of fits in with our theme about emotions. So check this out. Susan uh, in Birch Run wants to know, how do you avoid investing in things that you view as immoral. Take marijuana, for example. I'm in several mutual funds, but I don't know what stocks they're using. Could I be profiting off of something like marijuana industry by accident? I don't want that for me specifically. So how do you navigate people through the investment world uh, while respecting their morals and or religious beliefs? That's an interesting question.
0: That is a great question, Susan, and thank you for writing in with that. I work with a lot of people that are, have a strong faith and that are that live that faith very realistically and um, so I face this question um, in addition to other questions like um, environmental how you you know how do we be good with the environment and and how do we look at our investments as well so it's interesting because of the internet we have all these uh, different tools that we can use to screen certain investments out for that when it comes to investing I have a job to do. And um, number one is I want to make sure that your portfolio is going to be appropriately um, allocated to asset categories that provide return. Some of the companies within those categories, they might be in the mix. If there are clients that have certain specific beliefs about that, I don't ever want to ignore that factor. But I had somebody that give an example came to me and they were, you know, wanted to know about what green energy stocks are. Uh, funds that we would use that are good for the environment. And I said, well, how did you get here today? She said, well, I drove my car. <laughs> oh, okay. I said, Is that, uh, <laughs> does that burn fuel? And oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. She right. started
0: to immediately get the idea. I said, where were your tires made for that vehicle? And she says, well, I don't know. And I said, um, okay, so that sweater to, that you're wearing, um, did you make that? No, I didn't. <laughs> I said, well, where, did it, where was it manufactured? I, I'm not sure. I said, oh, okay. Right. So when it comes to your investments, it's, you want to yeah. outline specific parameters. But what about the rest of your life? What about your diet? What about the, the tools that you use? Um, you know, the, the other things. So if you're going to be religious to the T where you say, I can't have any profits from this industry, then do it across your whole segment of your life. Otherwise, you know, I kind of view that as and I don't and I don't mean to insult anyone, but, you know, we can all be hypocritical and, hey, my sin isn't as bad as your sin. No, it's all sin, Jesus would say. Right. Um, so I don't go there very often with people just because, you know, if there's if there's some definitely immoral places that I can avoid and stay away from, I do that, you know. Right. Right. Um, but, no, in, in, it, but in the fact of. Thirty-three thousand holdings in your portfolio. I don't screen typically for one thing because I could do that for this client, but somebody else may have a. They might enjoy investing there, but they have uh, you know another area that they're concerned about. So yeah. when it comes to investing, very seldom do I get to that talk. I th- I think there's a few people that that is important for, and um, we can certainly do that with keeping you, um, you know, outside of that altogether. Um, there's strategies for that, but I don't get there a lot with people. And, um, just because I know that Jesus used to hang out with sinners and tax collectors. He got a lot of flack for it, but uh, those were the people he needed, needed to reach.
1: <laughs> right. Well, and, and it's, you know, an interesting point, an interesting question because there are, you know, people who do uh, have those concerns and, and maybe it'll continue to grow. Maybe it won't. But at the same time, to your point, there is so much stuff out there and it is so hard to, um, you know, really kind of if you're, you know, how far are you willing to drill that down? So I guess it really just becomes a personal preference thing, having the conversation, Uh, If it's something you are really staunchly against, then, you know, share that. But at the same time, like you said, you know, make sure we're not being a bit hypocritical as well. So uh, interesting conversation. Great podcast this week. Hopefully you picked up something useful and enjoyed the program with Matt. And as always, you can subscribe to it on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, so on and so forth. And and that way you can get updates on new episodes coming out and all that good stuff. So for now, we're going to say goodbye this week on Mondays with Matt. Matt, thanks for your time, buddy. Thank you, Mark. And uh, enjoy your week, Everyone. Everybody enjoy themselves. Take care, and we'll see you next time here on the program. Again, Mondays with Matt, with Matt Starkey. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.